Goodness, greetings, Happy New Year, especially to you, and to you, and to you. Welcome weer eens, by die watergaan. <coughs> I can speed the one, ons gaan nou weer, die jaar afskoppen, gouwe eer saamkeier, langs die levende waters, van Godse woord. Well, we're standing in the first week on the threshold of a new year and we hold in our hearts the promise of an acceptable year of the Lord. What does that mean for us? Well, we're going to look at that further in this message. Before we do, let's just open in prayer. Lord, as we start to build up to momentum in this new year. We thank you for your truth that we are going to share today. We pray by your Holy Spirit you will help us to understand it, help us to apply it, make it real in our lives, that we may truly live the way you want us to live and fulfill the destiny that you have given us no matter where we find ourselves today. It's not over until you say it's over. And it doesn't even start until you say it starts. You are the beginning. You are the end. We commit this to you now in Jesus' mighty name, Father, for your glory. Amen. <clears throat> so, today I want to talk about the promise of an acceptable year. We read from Luke chapter 4, verse 16. And he, this is Jesus, came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And the book of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him, and unrolling the scroll, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me. Because of this, he has anointed me to proclaim the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim deliverance to the captives, new sight to the blind to set at liberty those who have been crushed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And rolling up the book, returning it to the attendant, he sat down. And the eyes of all in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled. In your ears. Lord, please bless the reading of your word. May it find its place in our heart. Amen. So, as I said before, we are standing on the threshold of a new year. January comes from the name of the old God, the old Roman God, mythology God, uh, Janus who was represented as having two faces, one looking back 
and the other looking forward. So too, we find ourselves in January. We look over the year that has passed. All of us have passed through troubles, fires and storms, but we have survived. We have passed through. There must have been times when we wondered if we would even make it out, if we would make it or not. Those dark moments when we felt like giving up. I have had many a night when I have just asked the Lord to please just take me home. But God hasn't done that. And He sustains us. And we are here today only because of His mercy and grace. Must have been how many times in your life, I know in mine, where the devil has tried to kill me. The men, even I've tried to kill me to see how far out I could go. As we look back over the year, we must be aware of our many failures. Times we chose the wrong road, made bad decisions. Times our love for others and ourselves has failed. Man, we just thank God for His forgiving grace. But, beloved, there have also been many joyous occasions, good times. We have met people who have enriched our lives. There have been moments we have really felt God close to us. Times we've enjoyed material gifts like health, freedom, daily food, shelter, protection, provision. There were the joys of family life for some and the countless blessings that came our way so undeservedly. How many dangerous situations has God saved you from that you don't even know about? Many of us have maybe not had all these blessings. Oftentimes it's because of our own bad decisions. The truth is you don't know what you've got until it's gone. But even so, there are many reasons for us to look back over 2023 with gratitude in our hearts. Many undeserved blessings that we enjoyed in spite of our bad choices. But let's leave that there now. Thank God for, for that. Learn the lessons. Take the punches that need to be taken. But let's grow. Dust ourselves off and get back into the fight. We come to face a new year now. Every year has surprises, some pleasant, some tragic and painful. But whatever comes this year, we know that it will be a year of the Lord's favor, acceptable year of the Lord, a year that He has chosen. This is what Jesus promised His listeners that Sabbath day in His hometown of Nazareth. The synagogue leader had given him the privilege of reading and uh, preaching or expounding from the books of the prophets. 
He chose to read from Isaiah, written hundreds of years earlier. Isaiah announced the sufferings of God's people would come to an end and that the acceptable year of the Lord was about to begin. Now, we don't know if Jesus specifically chose that piece or if that was the portion that had to be read that day. But it just all comes together in God's wonderful way. Now, that promise was now to be fulfilled in a new way in the person and ministry of God's Messiah, Jesus Christ. For when our Lord finished reading this promise, he sat down and said, Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. And everyone in that room knew the scripture and knew that it was referring to the coming Messiah that they were waiting for. Wow, what a thing. But what did Jesus mean when he, had claimed, when he claimed he had come to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord? Acceptable to whom? Acceptable by man? Do we even have a choice? You see, if you ask all these kinds of questions, it simply shows that you are not understanding the text properly. It is not a question of whether the year is acceptable to man. It is a proclamation, a government notice, a God-government notice, that a year of grace is dawning, a year in which God's grace is shown toward those who really don't deserve it. Both Isaiah and Jesus we're not speaking of a particular 365-day year, but they were speaking of the entire age of salvation. The Messiah had come. 2 Corinthians 6 verse 2 For he says, I listened to you at the time of my favor and the day when you needed salvation. I came to your aid. So can't you see, now is the time to respond to his favor. For now is the day of salvation. Speaking of that phrase, acceptable year of the Lord, other translations call it the year the Lord has chosen, the year of the Lord's favor, the time of God's great acceptance. He is sent to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord Yahweh. The year does not mean a specific date, but a period of time. This period lasts as long as Jesus preaches the gospel to Israel, which is approximately three and a half years. Ultimately, this means the year in which everything promised by God to Israel and lost to them by their unfaithfulness will be returned to them. That will be the true year of jubilee with exuberant joy about this pleasure, a year that will last a thousand years, that millennial reign of Jesus. We'll dig later into this 
a little bit deeper. Kom ons luister eer mystiek en dan praat ons verder. Welkom terug. Jy steeds ingeskakel op die watergat, op Unlock Radio, waar die waarheid jou sal vrymaak. Ek is Peter Wan, Peter is waarski. En vandag bestudeer ons die aanvaarbare jaar van die Heere, die aangename jaar van die Heere. Die term aanvaarbare jaar het ook een specifieke betekenis in die oud testament gehad. Dit was die jubeljaar, wat elke vijftigste jaar in antieke Israel gevier is. Dit het begin met de blaas op die ramshoorn, bekend as die jubel, waaruit ons die woord jubilee kry. Het was een jaar toe slawe vrygelaat is, grond aan sy oorspronkelijke eienaars teruggegee is en die arme sy skuld afgeskryf is, was een jaar van vergifnis. Leviticus 25 vanaf 9 Jy moet harde hooringsgeskal blaas. In die 7e maand, op die 10e dag van die maand, op die versoendag, moet jy in jou hele land op die jou hooring blaas. Daarom moet jy die 50ste jaar heilig en jy moet die vrylating in die land uitroep vir al sy inwoners, al sy inwoners. Daardie jaar sal jou jubeljaar wees. Elkeen van jylle moet terugkeer na sy eiendom en elkeen van jylle moet terugkeer na sy familie. In Jesaja 61 vanaf 2, om die genadejaar van die Heere en die dag van wraak van onze goed uit te roep, om allemaal te troos wat treer, om aan die treerendes in Sion te gee, om aan hulle een prachtige hoofdtoesel te gee in plaas van as, vreegde olie in plaas van rouw, een kleed van loof in plaas van een flauw gees, so dat hulle genoem kan word terpentijnbome van gerechtigheid, die plant van die Heere, dat hy verheerlik kan word. Maar toe ons die Heere die aankomst van die aanvaardbare jaar van die Heere sy gins aangekondig het, het hy iets baie diepgaander in gedachte gehad. Wat hy bedoel het, was dat die eeuw van verlossing aangebreek het. Daar die belofte van Jesus, wat meer as 2000 jaar gelede gemaakt is, staan steeds so vast soos altyd. Dit wacht weer op vervulling in 2024. Mense kan Christus as verlosser aanneem en gereed word. Nou kom ons luister bykie muziek, dan praat ons verder. Welcome back to the Watering Hole. I'm Peter Warren, Petrus Waarski. Dis hoe Google om vertel. 
Piotrus Swarski. I've lived it. And we now ask the question, who is this that makes this promise today? Lucas 16, Jesus went back to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as usual, he went to the meeting place on the Sabbath. Although Capernaum was the center of Jesus' ministry, he is never called Jesus of Capernaum. He is always Jesus of Nazareth. Matthew two twenty three, <clears throat> And they went to live there in the town of Nazareth. So the Lord's promise came true, just as the prophet had said. He will be called a Nazarene, even on the cross. John nineteen nineteen, Pilate ordered the charge against Jesus to be written on a board and put above the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews. He had it written in the three languages of the day. It was common practice to state above the cross of the crucified person why he hung there as a warning to all who read it not to do the same crime. The crime of the Lord Jesus is the testimony of the truth. This despised Nazarene is the true Messiah. Pilate is probably trying to hurt the Jews. The testimony he puts on the cross is read by thousands of them. The city is full of people who have come for the feast. The huge uproar to get the Lord Jesus killed by all means possible before the Passover has attracted massive attention, although they tried to avoid it. Many have flocked together and also gone along to the crucifixion site. The Lord is taken outside the city to be crucified there. Hebrews thirteen twelve. Yet it does not make the city any less guilty. It reveals by this terrible act a wickedness like that of Sodom and Egypt. Revelation eleven eight. The crime takes place right under the smoke of the city. The people do not have to go far out of town for it. Pilate, under the governing hand of God, had the inscription written in three languages. In these three languages, the whole world, in all its parts, is represented and judged. The Hebrew language is mentioned first. It is the language of religion. It is primarily the religious leaders of the people who are guilty of the death of the Son of God. The second language is Latin, the Latin of heathen imperialism, the language of politics, of which Pilate is the representative. That field, too, is guilty of the death of Christ. The third language is Greek, the language of culture and the wisdom of the world. 
through wisdom, the world has not come to the knowledge of God. They have not known him who came and have rejected him. John 1.10 The whole world is united in the rejection of God's Son. Now that inscription of Pilate has the effect that he wanted with the Jews. They are irritated by it and want him to change it. As it stands, it is an admission that Jesus is their king. They don't want that at all. But Pilate has no intention of changing the text. He finds great pleasure in being able to mess up the Jews one more time after all because he knows that he is, in fact, the loser. He was wrong. Our Lord had recently been to the Jordan River where he had identified himself with sinful humanity and been baptized. As he came up out of the waters, he was filled with the Holy Spirit and led into the wilderness to be tested by the devil. There it became clear that he would go the path of obedience to the Father. He would not compromise, he would not flinch, he would not turn away, he would do his Father's will. After this great victory, he returns to Galilee in the power of the Holy Spirit and begins his ministry, proclaiming the inbreaking of the kingdom of God. Luke 4 from verse 14, Jesus returned to Galilee with the power of the Spirit. News about him spread everywhere. He taught in the Jewish meeting places and everyone praised him. Jesus went back to Nazareth where he had been brought up and as usual he went to the meeting place on the Sabbath. Now there we see that's the background that brought us to where we are today. It was his custom to go to the synagogue every Sabbath. Customs are good. We often kick against them, but they're good for us. This particular morning, however, something very unusual happened in that service of this. We don't know if he asked for it, it's not mentioned, but the book of the prophet Isaiah is given to him. In any case, he has led it this way. For he wanted that book because there is something in it about which he wants to teach those there that day. It is all described in human terms that he found the place where it was written as if he didn't know where it's written. He is God who let that passage be written. Just like the whole book of Isaiah and the whole word of God. But interestingly, Luke portrays him here as a man. So we asked earlier, who is this who makes this promise? Well, it is the anointed one of God. He who is the one on whom the Spirit is and who does what is prophesied, the long-awaited 
Messiah. In this way, in him, the fullness of the grace of God is revealed to man. Welkom terug by die watergat. Ek is Peter Warren en jy is ingeskakel op Unlock Radio. The question we ask now, so what does this promise hold for us today? Well, all those things that he sent there. Let's start with number one, the good news to the poor. The poor here does not mean those who don't have money because then that would exclude all the wealthy people. But the good news is for those with money or without money. doesn't matter. Psalm 34, David says, this, David was a wealthy king, and he says, this poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. David speaks, of the godly person who puts their trust in God and not in themselves. Jesus speaks later of the poor in spirit, in the Beatitudes. He speaks of the humble, the obedient, those whose hope and trust is in God, regardless of whether they are economically destitute or well off. Those who are helpless, empty, with nowhere to go. Those are the poor. Poverty does not save. Riches do not save. Jesus saves. So, the second thing it holds for us is release to the captives. When Isaiah wrote this hundreds of years before, He was talking about the Israelites exiled in Babylon. This word captive that he uses literally means captives of war. Someone who is swallowed up by the superior strength of the enemy. Jesus too did not mean physical prisoners. Many had been imprisoned by the Romans, like John the Baptist, and Jesus did not release them. Our Lord was speaking of an even greater imprisonment, those who are in bondage to sin and evil. This includes you and me, so often trapped, held in bondage to our egos, our own selfishness, our own me, me, me. Jesus' promise is to deliver us from the false values, idolatries, fears and sins of this evil age. It includes those who are in bondage to the fear of death. Galatians 1.4 Who gave himself for our sins, to deliver us from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father. 
And in the Passion Translation, it reads, He is the anointed Messiah who offered himself as the sacrifice for our sins. He has taken us out of this evil world system and set us free through our salvation, just as God desired. Now, C.F. Henry, in his book Unshackled, described how this deliverance into freedom is an ongoing process. Through repentance, conversion, repentance turning away from our wicked ways, conversion turning towards Christ, and then the inner working of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Our bonds are loosed, our shackles, our chains are broken off. We are set free. Not to live just as we choose, but to live as He chooses, free to serve, free to love, free to walk in confidence and trust, free to live with a conscience that no longer condemns us. It also offers us recovery of sight to the blind. Here Isaiah is speaking of the opening of doors in the dark underground prisons to mean the opening of the eyes that they may once again see the daylight. This also speaks to us of Jesus' ministry as people through salvation once again regain hope and vision for the future. Matthew 4.16 You who spend your days shrouded in darkness can now say we have seen a brilliant light and those who live in the dark shadow land of death can now say the dawning light arises on us. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 4.4 The God who rules this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers. They cannot see the light, which is the good news about our glorious Christ who shows what God is like. Jesus himself called himself the light of the world. John 8 in verse 12 Once again, Jesus spoke to the people. This time he said, I am the light of the world. Follow me and you won't be walking in the dark. You will have the light that gives life. How blind we can be. We do not know as we should. We do not understand ourselves properly. We don't see other people as we should. Often we are so blind to what God is doing in the church or in the world. In matters of right and wrong, we often have very bad eyesight. Sometimes we even squint, some skill. We go the wrong way thinking it's the right way. Jesus' promise is that in this year, He stands ready to light our way. Number four, it offers us help for the broken. The word in Greek means trauma. Broken, battered, bruised, oppressed, downtrodden, shocked, before beyond belief. 
every heart has some trauma, some brokenness, some pain. That's what this world does to us. Even as Christians, we are never fully healed. Fullness of life and perfection lie only in the world to come. That's why I keep talking about that thousand years. That will be the true year of Jubilee with exuberant joy about this pleasure. A year that will last a thousand years. The millennium of Christ as King. We will be fetched and come back with Him. Are you ready? So how must we respond? Well, all in all, let the brokenhearted come to Jesus. Let the blinded come to Jesus. Let the oppressed come to Jesus. Let the captives come to Jesus. Let the poor in spirit come to Jesus. No matter how many times you've heard this gospel, no matter how hard your heart may have grown, no matter how far you might have backslidden, maybe you have never even responded in faith and obedience. Well, let this coming year, let 2024 be the acceptable year of the Lord. Let this be the year of forgiveness. Receive your forgiveness. Forgive others. Forgive yourself. Just forgive, forgive, forgive. The year of liberation. In forgiving others, you set yourself free. May this be the year of liberation from the bondage to guilt and fear and evil powers. Now is the day of salvation. So as we come to pray now, I encourage you as I always do, never mind where you are, never mind where you're at, if you will be honest this morning, admit that you need God's help, you can't do it by yourself. Stop fighting Him. Stop making excuses. Just surrender control. Invite Him into your circumstances, into your very prison. He will reach out. He'll meet you where you're at. And He will begin to help you as you are. But you need to allow Him. You need to invite Him. You need to listen very carefully to everything He tells you. And you need to obey 100% immediately whatever He tells you to do. The question is, do you believe that we can just pray today and your life can begin to change? I do. You can't change the past, but you can make a life-changing decision today and change your future. More than anything, thank the Lord for what He is going to do in answer to today's prayer. I remind you, as I always do, Jy is vir oorwinning ontwerp, maar as dinge wat jy moet oorwin, wat jy moet baas raak. He will help you. He stands ready. He will run to you when you call. You are not designed to be defeated and suicidal and thrown away. And no, no, no. 
You were designed for victory, for overcoming. Jesus paid a massive price for you. Kom ons luister nog muziek, en dan gaan ons bid. Now, Holy Spirit, as we come to a time of prayer, we ask you to draw near to us, as you always do. You're alongside us, helping us carry our burdens. We want to shift these burdens onto you now. We ask you to help us pray. Would you strengthen us? Give us what we need today. Show us the decisions to make. If you haven't already, remind us of them, Lord. And give to us today what we need, the boldness, the strength, the courage, the empowerment to make these decisions and to live them out. Right here, to bloom where we are planted. For this is the day of salvation. So, my friend, you may have heard this message, the acceptable year. Maybe you one of those who has never called out to Jesus, never made a decision of faith, never invited him into your life. Misschien voel jy in jou hart, jou leven is nie reg met die Heere, en dat jy wil reg maak. Maybe the Lord is just pushing all your buttons and prompting you to make right. You can. Today, you can pray with me and we can start that process in your life. This very day, you can be born again by the Spirit of God. You can become a child of God's family. You can have your sins washed away, cleansed. And God will start the process of changing you from the inside out to become the person that he wants you to be and to fulfill the destiny that he has put you on this planet for. Never mind your circumstances today. He is God. He changes things just like that. Now, there's no formula for this praying. It's a hot issue. And the Heere lees your heart. Of jy dit bedoel, al dan nie. Don't play games with him. Dis nie a goeie idee nie. You're going to have to talk to Jesus about your past life. But you can say things like, Jesus, I believe you came into the world to die for my wrongdoings, my sins, as they are called. And you rose from the dead and you are coming from heaven to fetch your spotless bride. And I want to be part of that spotless bride. And so I confess to you now, 
I have lived my life the wrong way because I did not know the right way. But I want that to change today and from today. Please forgive me all my sins as I forgive those who have sinned and spoken against me. I release them now from what they have done. So my emotions will catch up later. But Lord, I release them. And in doing that, I release myself from what they have said and done against me. I ask you, Jesus, please heal my heart. Heal my brokenness flowing from those things. By faith now, I ask you to come into my life as my Saviour, my koning, my saligmaker, my redder, my Messiah. By faith, I receive that I am now born again. This very day is my spiritual birthday. By faith, I receive my adoption into the family of Father God as a child of God. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me on the cross. Please lift off this heavy burden now. Lift these burdens off. Fill me with your joy and peace of my salvation. Holy Spirit, please make it so real to me now. And I ask Jesus that you connect me to the right people now who can lead me further down this road of decision and disconnect me from the wrong people. Give me the strength I need to do that. Thank you, Jesus. Now, for those who have just prayed and for all the others, maybe you so backslidden, you think you can never come back. Maybe you think God has given up on you. Well, you're wrong, my friend. That's not the God we serve. Let us all respond to this message today. Whatever it was that I spoke about that the Holy Spirit triggered something in your heart, Make that decision as we pray now. Make that life-giving decision. Let's now ask for help. Lord, May 2024 be our year of forgiveness, our year of acceptance, our year of liberation, from the evil fears and works of the kingdom of darkness. Would you please forgive us our sins, our failures of this past year. Forgive us, Lord, for wrong decisions. Even though we still have to walk them out, forgive us, Lord. But more than anything, 
show us, Lord, how to walk into all your blessings that you spoke of that wonderful day when you read from Isaiah. You are the Anointed One, the Christos. There is no one else. We honor you now and by faith we receive the impartation of your strength, your empowering, your peace, your joy. All these wonderful, wonderful, undeserved blessings. And we give you the honor today, Jesus, in your holy name. Thank you, Father, for sending your Son. In Jesus' name now. Amen. Amen. Daase, geliefde. Fleet, fleet. Nog eens twee die uit hier bij die water gaat. Dank je voor die keier. Lijkt voor mij daar is nog reen op pad. Until we meet again, be richly blessed. Dus Peter Woon, Petrus Warski, wat groet. Tot die volgende keer. Sterte. And remember, the 2024 chapter of your life has not yet been written. It's in your hands. God bless you, my beloved friend.